0: This is Nemetha St. Mota for NEJM Catalyst. I'm speaking today with Secretary Mandy Cohen, Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Prior to this, Secretary Cohen worked at both CMMI and CMS, most recently as the Chief Operations Officer at CMS. And although we can discuss many topics, given your expertise, Secretary, today we are going to focus on two important areas. First, I'd really like to get your insights on this overlap between public health and population health-related initiatives. And secondly, I really look forward to discussing both the opportunity and the challenge of public-private partnerships as they pertain to providing integrated whole-person care in communities. Let's start by setting some context. Tell us a bit about your day-to-day job as secretary and describe what some of your roles and responsibilities were at CMS and CMI.
1: So I was at CMS for about seven years. I had a number of roles there um, at various times. At, at the Innovation Center, I was head of stakeholder engagement at the very early days of the Innovation Center before we even launched any models. And it was a great opportunity to almost build a, a new entrepreneurial uh, effort within the government. And then I uh, spent the last two years of the Obama administration as the chief of staff and chief operating <sighs> office. means that I was running the, the day-to-day of uh CMS in terms of decision making and making sure that, you know, all the trains ran on time. Uh, here, in my role as Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services for North Carolina, I have, it's such an honor uh, to have this role, and it is really quite an, an extensive role in our, our department. I have about 17,000 employees, an annual budget of about $20 billion, And a lot of that is is the responsibility over our Medicaid program, but we also oversee public health, mental health, um, economic services. Those are TANF and LIHEAP, SNAP, um, food stamps. Also oversee early childhood education efforts. Uh, and we also run some of our own state-operated hospitals, psychiatric hospitals, and residential homes and uh, skilled nursing facilities. So it's quite quite a range, and that's where what I love about the job. And I'd say my, my day-to-day of the, of the job is very varied.
0: Uh, when I speak with leaders who work for the public sector, they use the term public health. When I speak with leaders who work at health systems, they use the term population health. And when we dig deeper, we find out that they're often referring to the same set of problems and challenges and and often refer to the same basket of of solutions. From from your perspective, help us understand how you define these two terms and what the relationship is between the two of them.
1: Sure. Let me start with public health. That is something that our... um, Our team oversees here in the Division of Public Health, as well as the many local health departments here in North Carolina. We have um, nearly 80 uh, local health departments. But public health, you have to understand, is extremely varied. You could have things like environmental health, where folks um, are going into local restaurants to make sure the food is going to be cooked safely and there's good hygiene practices. It could be around water quality where we have scientists who are making sure that our well water, for example, here in North Carolina is safe for folks to drink. Um, Other times it's our epidemiology team who is responding to outbreaks. We just had, for example, a large outbreak of uh, Legionella here in the western part of the state um, because of an exposure to a hot tub at um, at a state fair, kind of, um, you know. So that's what our team is dealing with. Sometimes it's it's that, or, or other public health crises like um, some of these new lung injuries around vaping that we're we're seeing. So that that is a big chunk of public health. But there is a chunk of public health that is also thinking about Um, are high rates of obesity or smoking or diabetes. Um, And I think that is where the overlap um, with population Mm -hmm. health as it is traditionally thought about by um, folks like myself who are doctors and in the delivery system um, think about population health. How do we think about really driving towards health for a population of folks? So I think that's separate from all those environmental um, public health efforts um, and the, the outbreak issues, but really thinking about overall health burden on population here and what are the things that traditional public health infrastructure can work towards, and what is it that our health systems and what role do they play here. And I think that both play very integral roles in moving forward. Now, they have different kinds of funding streams um, and uh, different ways of interacting with communities, but I still think they're driving at some of those same large goals, whether it's reducing infant mortality or you know, cutting the rate of in teenage smoking. I think there are tools that each bring to the table in order to solve those hard problems.
0: Give us some examples of, of some of these tools that, that you're referring to uh, that the, the health system can use versus and or what the, the, the public uh, health system can, can leverage.
1: Sure. Let's take a specific example of um, infant mortality. So, what I say, traditional public health, um, they they have a lot of tools, particularly around education campaigns. So, infant mortality. want to do um, good sleep hygiene campaigns, right? Make back to sleep, and make sure that you're putting your babies on your back, and talking about some of um, good getting your prenatal care and such. Those are the kinds of education campaigns that the public health uh, department can do. Um, I think public health also does a lot of work around family planning. Make sure that mom has has a baby when she wants to have a baby. We know that is a really strong indicator of of her having a successful pregnancy as well as that baby being uh, well in their first year of life. On the other side, look at the delivery system related to infant mortality. That's where our, our tools around Medicaid, right? We in North Carolina pay for half the births in the state of North Carolina. And so we also pay for a majority of the NICU care in North Carolina. And so we have levers and tools to work with the delivery system to say, well, how can we get moms... Uh, access to their prenatal care that they need, because we know if they do, that they're going to carry their the pregnancy to full, full term, make the make it less likely that baby's going to be in the NICU, and make it more likely they, they make it to their first birthday. Um, so there are different tools. As I said, everyone brings public health, more traditional education campaigns, though so we see them do a lot of public... Um, primary care work in terms of family planning, uh, and then the delivery system around prenatal access to care, as well as at the time of delivery, making sure that goes well for mom.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And what you're describing is uh, where I'm going to go next in 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 our conversation, which is the importance of partnerships. Uh, because as as you know and experience have experienced in your in your own practice, uh, that there are a lot of silos uh, within our healthcare delivery system, uh, particularly around medical care and and social services. And so, would love to get your your insights around examples of public private partnerships both on the uh, both at the national the state the local level what are some examples of, of partnerships that you have seen work well and and what about them made them work well
1: yes so i mean I, we are very much here are trying to bring all of those often siloed Players in the space together, where we know, um, go back to infant mortality. That so much about baby's ability to make it to the first year of life has to do with mom's health and mom's economic status, right? So that starts to get into what is her her educational attainment? Does she have a job? Does she have? stable housing? Does she have access to food? Um, and so we want to bring all of those together. And in my department, as I was mentioning right here, we we, we pull a lot of those levers, particularly around supporting young working families as, and young children. And so um, we are trying to bring all of those things together. And it does, we cannot do it alone, though, from government. Um, we will do a huge piece, and we certainly have a convening effort. But it does take private-public partnership in order to move forward. One of the ways we're trying to do that here in North Carolina is um, facilitating a a literal knitting together of what's going on in the healthcare system and what's going on in the community. We're doing it through an IT platform, which don't get scared, everyone out there. (laughs) IT platform's I know, I, I don't always think are like the solution to everything, but for so long, our healthcare system and our community organizations really haven't interacted um, in a way that allowed them to share information and, and actually coordinate care of the, of the same family that they're helping. And so we are building a platform called NC Care 360. It is a private-public partnership. It has private-dollar investment with public, um, uh, you know, setting the stage and the, 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 the table for how we move forward with it, um, where we hope to have this one consolidated platform across the entire state by the end of 2020, where we will have healthcare system be able to refer seamlessly to community organizations, community organizations be able to refer amongst themselves, and then back to the healthcare system. So we're all sort of sitting in the same room talking together. Um, You know, the, the challenge there is obviously this isn't about technology. It is really about working differently and having different relationships. And that's where I see a lot of the the challenge and the important work going forward is to make sure that we're not just throwing technology out there, but we actually are truly trying to build relationships and break down those silos and have folks work in a new way because I think that's the only way we're going to tackle some of these hard problems like infant mortality. We can have some of the public health work. We can have the health system work. But unless we're going to really get down into community um, where folks live, work, and play, um, we're not going to truly be able to move the needle. And so we're trying to think about all of those levers in coordination, um, which is a big job which goes back to you know the first question you asked about what do I do in my day to day Talking about that vision and that alignment is really critical, and I spend a lot of my time trying to articulate a vision of bringing folks together and breaking down those silos and why it's important to do it so that we can align our resources and, and put our shoulder against some of these hard problems.
0: You've clearly made a lot of, of progress in, in North Carolina just by understanding some of the, the initiatives that you have on, on the on the roadmap. What are one or two other things that you are most optimistic about as it relates to care delivery transformation?
1: So what I'm excited about here in North Carolina is the alignment of folks around driving towards whole person care and really trying to think differently about driving towards health. I think that often the the systems that I grew up in and learned in, we were really focused on um, delivery of excellent healthcare, which I think is incredibly important, but we're, we're doing a little bit of a shift here, particularly in North Carolina, to say, well, how do we align all of our resources around health? And I want to think about, I, I use the term, I want to buy health for the people of North Carolina. That means using that $20 billion budget I I talked about to really drive towards that. But it's not just here. And what I'm excited about in North Carolina is that I'm seeing hospital systems, I'm seeing community organizations, I'm seeing um, physician practices, I'm seeing public health departments, social services, all align and say, yeah, that, that really resonates, that drive towards health, and I can see where I fit in to that piece. Um, and so, how, you know, seeing all of that come together. Now, it's not, not easy, and it's not fast, um, but I think everyone can see that vision, and I think that alignment is really critical. And what, what I see is that we're trying to align the incentives, like the way we pay for things, to facilitate that paradigm shift to health. Um, and so we try to, you know, use the tools we have to say, I want to buy health and I want to pay for those kinds of things and I want to reward you when you're delivering those things. Um, and I see that alignment here in North Carolina with our private payers in the commercial space, with Medicare, now Medicaid, um, and the, and seeing everyone saying, you know, that, that really resonates. So that's what's making me optimistic about what's going on here in North Carolina.
0: You you raised uh, a couple of really key uh, key points: uh, One is this critical importance of having a vision, alignment around that vision, and then incentives to support the actual work that one needs to do to realize that vision. Uh, and so, congratulations to to you and and the rest of your team for uh, for for getting those pieces in into place. And then the second uh, comment that you made that I think is very important is this this alluding to the fact that. Uh, you're all marching towards a payer agnostic model naming that the the large types of insurers that, that pay for care in this country Medicare Medicaid the commercial are all uh, are all in service of better health and and one kind of care excellent care uh, for for patients regardless of, of what type of insurance or, or coverage uh, they might have uh, which is a a bold goal uh, that I uh, uh, congratulate you, you all for for, for marching towards. Uh, Secretary Cohen, thank you so much for speaking with NEJM Catalyst today.
1: It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.